We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Zen Nicotine Pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. Which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life. Because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Visit Zen.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zen. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Finds Barrett. Get a shot up. This is for the win. Oh, it's good! Off the window! R.J. Barrett wins it for the Knicks! Hey there, Knicks fans. And RJ, RJ Barrett supporters everywhere. How you doing? Uh, it's your boy, Jonathan Macri, with you for a special edition, emergency edition, as it were, of the Knicks Film School podcast. Uh, live streaming, of course, right now on YouTube. Shout out to everybody uh, watching. And shout out to listen, everybody listening after the fact. Um, I am coming at you uh, having been up for seven hours. Actually, no, that's a lie. For six hours and 40 minutes. Uh, somehow meet Andrew. What time did you well, welcome to Andrew Claudio and Jeremy Cohen? Hello, guys. Andrew, what time did you get up? First, good morning, Jeremy. How are you? I am tired, but I'm good. Okay. Because you got up early because you went to bed late. Yeah. Yeah. I, I saw the news and I was awake and I kind of am glad I was. And yet I also wish I weren't. <laughs> um I I woke up around two two AM because I'm getting up there in age. And for those of you that are dudes and know yep. why you usually have to get up in the middle yep. of the night, I took care of Mother Nature's phone call. And then I checked my phone and it's like, oh, the thing that hijacked our summer happened or something happened that that uh to that point and a thing happened the thing the funniest text in the group chat the between the three of us jeremy so um that 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 i guess i'm the only one awake <laughs> <laughs> yeah you were uh so good job by you being awake for the news andrew and i were sleeping already i too got up shortly after 2 a.m except my excuse was my daughter my youngest daughter who would not go to sleep and um who is still awake as well uh while my wife is attempting to sleep, we'll see how this goes over the intervening 20, 30, 40 minutes to follow. Um, why don't we get right into it uh, for that reason? Because I, I, I'm going to try to make this last for as long as possible. Uh, RJ Barrett, uh, the face of the franchise, uh, certainly the most beloved Nick draft pick uh, since Patrick Ewing. Uh, you could argue the best. Nick draft pick uh, since since Patrick Ewing uh, has extended 
um, has or is reportedly about to or going to sign an extension, which will pay him up to keywords there up to one hundred and twenty million dollars over the next four years. Just a couple of logistical things. One uh, shout out to Ian Bagley for a lot of reasons. He's been all over some things in, in recent weeks, but. He had it that they're tied. Those uh, there are incentives in the contract, which CBA defines as unlikely bonuses tied to things like All NBA, MVP, uh, All Defense, uh, what have you. And that the he, he speculated uh, that the value of the deal is more something along the lines of twenty seven million dollars annually. Um, and so that's it's a nice number. Uh, and I obviously want to get Jeremy's reaction to the contract and any other initial thoughts he has, and then. We'll get into the Mitchell stuff. I just I'll say two quick things. One, actually, no, I'll, I'll combine them into one quick thing, and then we'll we'll go to Jeremy. I I think we before we talk about anything else, we should celebrate the fact that the Knicks. It sounds so ridiculous to say have resigned a first round pick of their own. Like putting everything else aside, all of the backdrop, and and I think the backdrop to this does matter, and it it probably matters more to me than most people, but. That's worth celebrating. And I think it's worth celebrating the fact that the Knicks not only signed a first round pick that they made, but signed a first round pick that they made to a contract that is approaching $30 million a year. And while I am sure there will be quibbles about that number um, from the uh, NBA, you know, people who cover the sport for a living, it's not a ridiculous number. And I, I would be surprised if any, if too many people came out, like general NBA media people came out and was like, it's a ridiculous number. I don't think we're going to get that. I mean, shout out to Fred Katz, did the article several months ago, polling people around the league, what the number is going to be. And I think the number, like, I don't think anyone went higher than 30 with what they would give him in terms of executives that he pulled. So is it on the higher end? Yeah, sure. It's on the higher end, but that's, it's okay. It's a, it's a good number. And I, I, but I do feel bad because again, around the league, I think this will be overshadowed a little bit by the fact that it is tied into the Mitchell stuff. And you know what? That was always probably going to be unavoidable. Um, but that's all I wanted to say to open the show. And I will uh, turn it to you, Mr. Cohen. Deal's done. I'm happy about it. You know, I don't think that this was going to get to a point where the Knicks were going were really cool with letting the season play out and having RJ be a restricted free agent. Never going to happen. That's just not what Brock Aller did in Cleveland. It's not what he did with Julius Randle. It's now not what he's done with RJ Barrett. And it does, to me, kind of it's interesting how that will impact Cam Reddish. Again, we can talk about whether he's here or not, whatever. But if he's on this team, you would think that the best chance he has of staying and this sounds obvious, but is that he's extended um, the number. It's fine. It, like I'm still, I still want to wait for details, obviously as yeah. we all do, but on the, when you dig deeper and you look at, okay, well, when the salary cap goes up halfway through this deal, what is it going to look like? And it's going to look nice. It's going to look like a pretty solid contract. I like the fact that yeah. the incentives are tied into uh, individual and maybe their team focuses too. You know, uh, Randall even has had some team uh, like making the playoffs was certainly part of the bonus structure. So it'll be interesting there. And I think the one thing as well is people are wondering about the structure of the contract. You know, is it ascending? Is it descending? Is it stagnant? So here's the reason why I don't think it's descending, even though that has been the bread and butter of Brock for a while. RJ, if he if you were to do a descending deal with 8% raises and include the incentives for what it could ultimately get him to, it's mm-hmm. actually higher than the max he's allowed. So for context, if it's four years, $120 million, 8% descending, uh, and he maxes out on his incentives, whether it's likely or not, I mean, they're unlikely, but even if that happens, he'd be making over $34 million. Uh, for context, the max that's projected is 3325 for players of zero to six years. So I would be surprised if that were the case. It would also make him a little bit... It's going to sound weird. It would also make him a little bit too tradable because if that... it would Because the money on the final year of that deal would be... What? Like 23? 22? 23? 24? Something like that? Uh, I'd be 12 or 25. Uh, A little bit over 25. Close 26. in In a cap environment at that point, which the cap is going to be... Who the hell knows what? 
it would that would be a very 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 team friendly deal even though as you just noted it would it would be literally impossible yeah um, and the other, i think the other focus too here is there's something to be said if rj is the guy you're trying to build with moving forward that having him on a descending deal is great but the outlook also like th- there's just something about marketing it like yes it's a really team friendly deal but if you're rj it's like well i I'm I'm better than the type of yeah. player who would get a descending deal. Yeah. So then it's either ascending or it's like Kelvin stagnant. Johnson, by the way, got a, a four for eighty, and I think that's descending. Yeah. Yes. So then you look at okay, well, is it ascending or is it stagnant? Stagnant would make sense. It would be a happy medium between it's not descending, it's not ascending. It fits the parameters, but I think ultimately it might actually be ascending because if you want to lock up RJ Barrett long term, then you're going to be able to do 120 percent of the last year's salary. So if you have it keep descending, then it's not going to be good because RJ is just going to decline it. You're going to be in a, a Jalen Brown situation or a potential Jalen Brown situation uh, because obviously Jalen Brown is still with the Celtics and who knows there. So it's why. And then the other thing, you know, we talked about, okay, at least my perspective is RJ Barrett going in a Donovan Mitchell trade. Don't like it at all. If you're talking about Donovan Mitchell's here and you're using RJ for another star, then we'll cross that bridge in a few years, but I'd at least understand the notion of it. And the if higher you have number him helps have there. a higher number, then it helps with matching salary I, that's more likely. I love so. the point you made about the increased likelihood of an extension. And also something, and correct me if I'm wrong, because you, you think about this stuff a little bit more than I do. I think descending, when you're talking about a guy like Mitch, is more mean uh, that salary range is more meaningful than when you're talking about a guy like Barrett. Barrett, listen, his contract's going to be desirable or not based on his play on the court. Like by far, that's going to be the most important factor. Whether it goes up a little bit, stays even, goes down, like that's not going to make a huge material difference. Um, so I know we have some super chats already, or at least one super chat, as Andrew tells me. I I'm. I don't know, Andrew. Should I should I talk about the elephant in the room, or we go into super chats? Is the elephant have something to do with the fact that, according to your newsletter, and I I I don't want to go fully into it, but that this doesn't mean he can't be traded. Well, okay, let's do the poison pill thing because I know. Oh, the poison pill. Okay. Yeah. Well, no, that wasn't the elephant. The elephant is the Mitchell. You know when how, whether he was on the table or not, and how much the Knicks maybe wanted to put RJ into a trade for Donovan Mitchell. That's um, fine. That that I think is part of the conversation. So I'll try to make it quick. Woj reported in the story the Knicks offered RJ Barrett to Utah. There were trade packages involving RJ Barrett. That's not conjecture. That's not speculation. That those are Adrian Wojnarowski's words. And they're Adrian Wojnarowski's words as he says in the story, and obviously I'm sure Woj talked to all the parties involved here, but the first line of the story is the first line of the story is as told or as report or whatever. It's from Bill Duffy. It's from RJ Barrett's agent. It, it, I'm seeing a lot this morning of like RJ was never going out in this trade. I don't, I don't know how to reconcile that with the words that are that are in the story, especially in light of we talked about this on the last episode. Ian Bagley is reporting that there are there were decision makers in New York's front office or, or decision making body. I don't want to I don't want to say it's definitely just the front office because it might be outside of that. We know Tibbs has a voice who were open to including RJ in a trade. Now, why Bill Duffy would want it out there that his client was very much on the table when that, in fact, was not true. I, I ha- would have no idea. Um, and I'll just say. From what I've heard, I got a te- this happened last night. I got a text from someone who doesn't give me a lot, but they've never been wrong about anything. And it was RJ was 100% going out for Mitchell. Not, you know, and, and I also had a little something in there. And I, I, I don't, I don't know if this was just spitballing around the room, but like, I think they were really exploring every possible option with RJ before signing this extension. And I'm sure we'll get into why they signed it now. I think that has a little bit to do with RJ exerting leverage. I think it has a little bit to do with Leon Rose exerting leverage. I have, I think I've, I think it has a lot of, has to do with a lot of things. Um, 
But I think if the Jazz were open to taking back RJ and two unprotected firsts and Evan, you know, Evan Fournier, uh, I, I think RJ would be a member of the Jazz right now and Donovan Mitchell would be a member of the, of the Knicks. Um, and then on the poison pill thing, just briefly, all it means is that if they do want to trade him, they're not trading him to Utah. That's what this assures. It's not happening. Logistically, it would be too much of a hurdle because he only counts as $10.9 million in outgoing salary and 26.2 in incoming salary. So as was speculated in the Woj story, you'd have to send Fournier somewhere. It would be too complicated. What it doesn't take off the table is a three-way trade with the Lakers, which is not something that anybody watching this this live stream right now wants to hear about, wants to think about. They want to think about RJ Barrett in a New York Knicks uniform for the next four years. I get that. This is where I'll pin a super chat that's in the future. Jeremy, arguably the most vocal RJ supporter, uh, don't want to hear about one 179th chance or the one 179th chance uh, RJ has moved I, this year. Knicks I, fans I, deserve a break. That's thank fine. You, for the contribution. I, thank you for the contribution, Jeremy. I, I mean, look, I'm not, well, I'm not going to say anything on it, but the, the no, like a, a three way trade with the Lakers would be incredibly easy. Like no hurdles, assuming everything else checked out in terms of the picks and everything else. Jeremy, that's that's a big assuming because they have two first round picks, and they have Russell Westbrook that they have to move, and they're looking for other talent that they can have alongside them that can play off of LeBron sure. James and Andy Davis. Not say R.J. Barrett could not do that; he could do that, but I think they're looking for more ancillary pieces instead. Just to go back to what you were saying, though. I thought, I believe it was Berman who mentioned this, that the Knicks using the Jazz as leverage to get RJ to resign makes a lot of sense. Hey, RJ, do you want to spend some of your career in Utah and possibly somewhere else? Or do you want to agree in New York right now? Because the Knicks saw what Bill Duffy did with DeAndre Ayton and that they were successful in getting a max because the Suns had leverage but didn't use it. And they just thought, we'll play it out. And then, of course, the Pacers offered a max extension or max offer sheet. The Suns matched it and it with nine minutes into it. And that was that. So but that's, that's Duffy, the Duffy exerting leverage, too, because that's Duffy letting yeah, well, the he Jazz got, he, know we're not we're not extending there for anything less than than the max. If you get him. Sure, that's fine. But also, I think in terms of like you were saying why Duffy would say all this and Woj report. I mean, I yeah. think it's two, I think it's two different things. I think, number one, it's Duffy reporting what makes his client look good. And it's also Woj doing what makes Danny Ainge look good, what his own wow. reporting is outside of Bill Duffy. It's like, it's not just, hey, a, a tell-all no, and I'm taking Bill Duffy's information uh, at face value and that's it. it there's, there was more to it than that. But I mean, again, I don't think to Jeremy E. what he's saying, like, yeah, I don't see RJ being moved. It's not that it can't happen. It can. There's no trade restriction. It's just the salary portion of it. But I just don't see that happening. It, it would have to net a star. And even in this case, if you're doing that, it doesn't, it just doesn't compute. There's so, there's so many pieces that have to work that I just don't, I don't see why it benefits or how it really benefits the Knicks. And if you're RJ, I mean, yeah, you got paid, but you wouldn't have also gone out if not for, like you wouldn't have signed the extension if you thought that there was a plausible belief that you're also being traded out. Do you think he cares if he ends up next season as a Laker? RJ? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think, this, just, was, I think, I think he, this was... I think he wants to be in a big market, but I also think he wants to be in New York, and that's why he said, let's just... I'm willing to take some money off the table. Let's be here. Let's do it. I, I have no doubt that RJ Barrett's first choice is to stay in New York. Do yeah. I think he would he would be upset if... He, look, I don't want to talk about. But it doesn't him, but matter it, because he's here. Like, it, it, he, like he signed. He, he showed. He put pen to he's paper. He's here today. So it, right, but he is. He's saying, "I want to be in New York." He's not just. He's not just saying it. He's. He's showing it by signing the contract. He's saying, "I want a hundred What? I mean, again, we don't know the. Exact but it's numbers. not just the money because he could have got like as you're saying he could have gotten the money if he had waited, right? So then, how does that make a difference? The money wasn't the only important thing to him. He wanted to be in New York, and he got paid. He knew he could get a max the same way that DeAndre Ayton got a max. He decided that's not the route I want to take. I want to be here. I feel like that says something. I think he wants to be here. I think this is a lot of money. I'm not saying it's not a lot of money, but if we're talking about how he could get a max, regardless, I would just, just... he, he clearly showed I'm willing to sacrifice to be here and to get a lot of money. It, it goes year, hand in hand. A, I, 
I hate to bring it back to this. A year ago, we sat here almost a year ago to the day we sat here and had this exact conversation about Julius Randle and but how about he could have, he, if he waited, he could have had more money and he like and now we're looking back and like holy shit. But oh, it's a, it's it's a very smart. different Take situation because Julius Randle was 26 years old and had an incredible season. You wanted to capitalize it. And RJ Barrett just turned 22. And it's it's like, again, the anomaly that was Julius Randle's season was, OK, let's move into that. Let's, let's let's take advantage. Let's see where it goes. OK, it's not going great. All right, let's move on I, if we can. But but with RJ, it's OK. There's progression here where we know that there are better days ahead for RJ. For Randle, it was hoping but for RJ, you can project that he's going to improve on a greater scale from now until 27 than Julius Randle would have over the next few years. And that's why Julius Randle didn't hit the open market. He took the money and he ran. So and by the way, I, I'm with I hear you. what you're saying, but I know I'm, I just want to be very clear. Last thing I'm with you. RJ would have found a match from someone next yeah. summer. 100%. I, I have no doubt about that. The chat says I look like Dan Campbell. I don't know who that is. The head coach of the Lions. The guy who's on Hard Knocks right now. Are either of you watching this show? I'm not, but it's probably the goatee. That it's saying. probably the goatee. I've had the goatee. It's the haircut plus the goatee, though, because I've had the goatee for like two years. Um, regardless, um, I hope the lines are good then, because that means <laughs> I look like a good head football coach. Our first, uh, well, I guess our second super chat from none other than Mr. Robert Cross. Uh, Rise and shine, Robert. Good six twenty in the morning. We're I have to say it's six twenty in San Diego, and he's Good. been up for a while because I've been DMing him. You know that he's been up since we got up. You absolutely know that for a fact. Good morning, Knicks fans. Even you, John. Long live the tortoise, Broadway Barrett. Uh, hashtag fifty three wins. I, I'm sure. Yeah. Dead. Yeah. <laughs> Celebratory today. Yeah. I th- th- listen. I, I get it. The the financials of it all, the I don't know if it's even the politics, but like the behind the scenes of whether or not he was uh, on the table for Donovan Mitchell, which as John mentioned, I'm pretty sure you can uh, concretely say he was. I also am excited about the potential of like, OK, he's here, you know, like maybe not we here because that ship sailed, but RJ Barrett is here for the foreseeable future. Now we'll see what happens in the next couple months. And obviously there will be a Donovan Mitchell conversation we have to have. But as far as RJ Barrett can say, I'll just speak for like Knicks fans that are optimistic that that 34 game stretch is part of a larger sample size that when the ball's in his hands and not Mr. Grumpy, as Robert Cross calls it, that good things will happen. But it doesn't even have to be the 34 games. It's all three years. Like I'm the one who harps on the efficiency stuff more than anyone. Like clearly the kid has something. Mm-hmm. Like I, the, the efficiency stuff is the black and white. But how many times did I get on here in post games last year, Andrew? You remember as well as I do, where I was like, "This kid looks like a future star. Like he's he is be- he's becoming a star before our eyes." And you either you either have that or you don't. I do think he has it. Doesn't mean there aren't parts of his game that he needs to clean up. But that's why, yes, this is a day to celebrate. Absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, Dean Bushnell, shout out to Dean from uh, Down Under. He, uh, it's 11 p.m., I guess 11.20 over in Australia, p.m. for him. And he said he was going to stay up late to watch this with us. So thank you for your You're contribution. The man, Dean. Uh, and then Jessica Clarice Elsner. Uh, I'm very happy about this, <laughs> but I made all these We Hate RJ KFS shirts. And now I'm going to have to sell them at ha- all at half price. Uh, hashtag 53 shirts. Wait, where do all like the the shirts for like the super the Super Bowl team that like doesn't win the Super Bowl? Don't they go? They go to like Africa or something. yeah. They yeah. go to yeah. They go to the redistribution centers, but they do go and get repurposed. Someone who used to here's some behind the scenes for somebody who used to work at I'll just say Dick Sporting Goods and got like. 2017 Yankees American League pennant shirts and the most heartbreaking one 2015 World Series champion New York Mets shirts and was never able to sell them Um, I see where the address they go back to the distribution center and then repurposed for um, all right so Jessica we'll we'll hook you up with one of those redistribution centers don't worry about it yes Um, (laughs) 53 shirts is funny Um, and then we got oh Okay, not the guy from Game of well Game of Dragons, but hey. Matt Smith. 
Thank you for your contribution in the super chat. Thank you, man. Uh, looks like maybe we have a competent front office. Question mark. 9 a.m. Cheers to that. Jeremy, I'll throw this to you. Does it look like we have a competent front office? It has looked like we have had a competent front office for a while now. And this just kind of confirms that. Again, I I understand that there are moves that fans would not have wanted this team to make. There are moves I would have been cool with the Knicks not making. It happens. We're not going to agree 100% with what they do. But it's the sort of thing where this team has had such crap at the front office level for so long that all we're asking for is a little bit of competency. Locking down your players, your young players at that, to a deal so they don't hit the open market. It's a good thing. That's a that is important. And now we'll see how it pans out, obviously. But I they did what they needed to do. They locked down RJ Barrett. They we don't have to deal now with also a million different Mark Berman articles about will the Knicks pay RJ Barrett? Yeah. Each one coming Thank after each game where it's psychoanalyzing every play. So that's nice. So yeah, just it's something that they've crossed off the list and they can move on to the next agenda. And the other thing on that is like you can well, the the whether the front office's moves will result in basketball success has yet to be determined but I think it's without question Leon Rose has played this thing at the very least as I I mean from my vantage point which is obviously not having all the information it seems like he's played it about as well as he could play it and I don't I don't fear that I'm going to wake up tomorrow and see like, you know, Donovan Mitchell's and Nick and the Knicks are sending back, you know, four unprotected picks and Quentin Grimes uh, for his services. Like, I think we, you know, if it's, if it's a, if the deal is going to get made, it is going to be a deal that I think you could, we could objectively live with. We'll see if it gets made. You're on mute, Andrew. It's okay. It's it's only 9.30 in the morning. Next up from Alex. Good for RJ. Maybe this is also Leon's way of pushing Randall to a third team in parentheses. Lakers question uh, mark in a deal for Spida, which is definitely still on the table. Now we can have the Donovan Mitchell conversation. Yeah, I mean, I, based on the it was just a snippet in an athletic article from um, whoever is the athletics beat guy for the uh, for the Lakers last week saying he didn't think Randall was uh, a Laker target. I, I would be surprised if it was, if, if we saw Randall end up in LA, uh, I don't, I don't think it's completely off the table. Um, but I, I, I don't think a three team deal with the Lakers is dead. And I don't think it has to involve RJ Barrett. I just, I was pointing out before that it can Still involved, RJ Barrett. Why do you um, get RJ Barrett? <laughs> send me one of those shirts, please, Jessica. Uh, <laughs> no, but I, yeah, I don't think it's dead. I just, I'm not sure. I think the way it's the way I'm perceiving all this is that it really is about the Lakers giving up not one but both of those picks, and I struggle to see a scenario where LA feels like it is getting enough value with the pieces that are now in play, if indeed RJ is not on the table, which, you know, we'll, we'll take them off. Um, and in conjunction with that, whether Ainge is feeling like, well, I'm getting these picks, but now I'm giving up stuff that I could get picks for it without a Knicks deal. So that factors in as well. And I don't know, Jeremy, any, anything I'm missing here? Uh, yeah, I, again, I just, uh, don't think that Randall makes a lot of basketball sense for the Lakers, as we discussed on the last podcast. I, yeah, I do think there's still parameters, plenty of parameters where this deal can get done. I thought the comment or the tweet, the initial tweet broadcasting the RJ Barrett extension saying that the path wasn't good for the Knicks and Donovan Mitchell because RJ extended to be a little um, narrative focused, but that's that's that. We'll leave it at that. And no, because there are plenty of deals on the table where this could get done. Like that, it just it read like we, someone who has been talking with Danny Ainge for quite a while. Can we talk? Can we talk about that for? Or maybe there's a super chat. I'll save it. But like I, I think it's worth talking about what those deals would look like now. Um, sure. Yeah. I, to me, if we're going on the assumption that 
RJ plus two and protected first was on the table. And I, I'm choosing to go on that assumption based on what I've heard and based on what was reported. You don't, nobody else has to, if they don't want to, um, I, I struggle to imagine a scenario where Danny Ainge at some point is going to accept a trade involving just two unprotected picks. Um, which means either there's unprotected pick or picks coming from elsewhere, LA or wherever, um, or it's three coming from the Knicks. And it's very clear that Leon Rose doesn't want to go three unprotected first. I don't, I don't, I really don't think he wants to do that, especially as we've talked about on the pod. The likelihood is that those years for those would be 24, 26, and 28, which all of a sudden you turn around, Knicks can't trade two more firsts for uh, what, three years or yeah, I think three years. Uh, that's, I, I think that might be a deal breaker. I, I don't know. Can you bridge the gap with a Quentin Grimes and an Obi Toppin and swaps? And like, it gets it gets pretty complicated pretty fast now. So I'm just curious, in your newsletter, you wrote it was Fournier, RJ, two unprotected, but you also said three protected from other teams? No, three protected from like the Knicks protected picks that they have. No, I understand. But you're saying RJ, Fournier, and five picks was the offer. Yeah. My base. Oh, listen, uh, I, I, if I'm Danny Ainge and I'm turning that down, then I'm legitimately the craziest person. I'm not. I'm not throwing cold water, and I'm just saying if Danny Ainge doesn't take that offer, he's not getting anything, anything, anything anywhere near that. Because like we're talking about RJ being a centerpiece, and then it's adding five first round picks. I, it. I. I think it just seems like a lot if if he's turning that down. My read on this is that the Knicks valued RJ at two unprotected firsts, and Danny Ainge valued him at one. Oh, I get that, but then to add additional two unprotected and three protected first—that's five picks and RJ. I mean, we haven't talked a lot about the protect. I mean, we could say we don't have to. We don't have to talk about the protections. Yeah. we don't have to talk about it. that's fucking crazy. That's right. like it might be if if that it, whatever. Um, I one of the angles I also do want to talk about is I'm not saying this is likely, but I do think that. Ainge needs to be a little cautious because the Knicks are showing they want Donovan Mitchell, but obviously on their terms. Mm -hmm. And Danny Ainge wants to unload Donovan Mitchell because he Mm -hmm. wants to tank. But there is a pathway where the Knicks just say, you know what? We're just going to drop out of this entirely. We're not going to go after Donovan Mitchell right now. And then they pivot. And again, I'm not saying this is likely, but think about this. What happens if the Knicks who have explored the idea of taking on Russell Westbrook's contract Instead, oh. said, hey, what if we can find a three-team deal with L.A., Indiana, and ourselves where the Knicks take on Russ and unprotected Lakers picks, or at least one of them being you know, a tiny bit protected, and then you send Cam and Fournier uh, to L.A., and Miles Turner goes to L.A., and you send Derrick Rose to Indiana, and the Pacers, you know, for trading Turner and or getting Rose for Turner, they get one of the protected picks that the Knicks have, right? So the Knicks are basically saying we're getting an unprotected pick and like a very lightly protected Lakers pick in 2029. And we're trading like the Bucks first. So from yeah. Indiana's vantage point, they're getting something out of Miles Turner and they can still flip Derrick Rose. The Lakers, they get better. They add a center. They add wings. Like they add shooting. I, I'm not saying, again, this is a likely scenario. It's just that the Knicks could always say, if we can't make meaningful upgrades within the form of Donovan Mitchell, we can at least add even more talent on the back end. And if you're thinking, all right, well, what about Julius Randle? And again, like they could still, we've talked about Charlotte before. If yeah. Surprise, Gordon Hayward. If that's a situation where they swap contracts there, you're looking at a more balanced roster. Like There are ways to go about it where it doesn't just have to be Donovan Mitchell. Okay, that's not working. We're done. We're not going to do anything. There are other moves they can make. So I, I still think they'll focus on Mitchell and find other deals to get it done. But um, there's a reason they've explored getting Russell Westbrook and just either waving him or giving him the John Wall treatment. It's because they're trying to be as savvy as possible. Yep. And um, I'd be fine with that type of move. As long as Russell Westbrook doesn't see the court, I'd be, I would <laughs> finally be okay with it. Please God, no. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, 
and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, JJ breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Andrew, yes. Ryan Hay, uh, Nick's organization keep looking after their guys. Do you think the chances of Spider to New York have lowered? RJ can shout the cutlets tonight. Uh, I will say yes, they've lowered just because they certainly didn't get higher. I don't know how much they've lowered. Um, you know, if they're have they lowered by 25%? Have they lowered by 10%? Have they lowered by 50%? Uh, I I tend to think it's more it's closer to ten than fifty would be my guess. Sure, they've lowered. That's yeah. they, they haven't reached a deal. This doesn't exactly help the situation. If that's the case, it's fine. They still would, have time. You would put the Donovan Mitchell trade possibilities at closer to ten percent now. No, no, I'm saying whatever from where they were. From where they were, I think they've lowered by. Like for instance, let's if there was a sixty percent chance. Oh, they're now at fifty percent. Okay, all right, I'm caught up now. Math. Uh, Manny Campos, uh, R.I.P. Charlie Ward curse. You had a good run. I believe in this front office. They'll make sure we're not talking about the R.J. Barrett curse in twenty years. I mean, not for nothing. If if this Mitchell trade does happen, I'd assume. Let's see. So the next one to extend would have to be Obi and quickly, quickly or Obi, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I fully With one of those quickly ex- to extend quickly. Uh, quickly, okay. Yeah. It's quick. All right. So we'll see. Um, and Grimes, I mean, if Grimes doesn't go to Utah, I mean, I I will say this. I do think if you're asking me if the chances of Quentin Grimes is going to be playing in Utah next season have gone up. Yes, one billion percent. Yes, they've gone up. Okay. Hush Zoo. A Jalen Brown type of contract. I'm so happy. Finally, we are competent. If Spider talks fall, if Spider talks fall through, are the OG Ananobi talks have any legitimacy? Uh, that's, a uh, far, that's a far drop to go from Donovan Mitchell to OG Ananobi. Yeah, I the love, idea of OG Ananobi oh, is better than OG Ananobi, but OG Ananobi is a very good player. But if that, like, it's just not something I'm really interested at this point in time. Different type of player, really, 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 really good player. Um, would be an ideal third guy on a on a team with a really dynamite top two. I not what the Knicks are after. I don't think it's what they should be after. Next up, Danny Gardner. Uh I K R J. I know RJ. I know I RJ. I know RJ. Okay. Uh, okay. I'm caught up. I know RJ can be traded in a Lakers deal, but with the picks going out in a potential deal, wouldn't the Knicks only likely have to give up one of Grimes IQ Obi? Why trade RJ if you don't have to? Um, my assumption is that if 
that the only way that so the, the premise of the Lakers thing, which again, I'm sorry I have to go back to it, but this question asked about it is that they is the value proposition there. It's enough of a difference for them between getting RJ versus not getting RJ. That's the thing that puts their two first round picks on the table. Whereas I don't think that anything else, any other deals that could be cobbled together between the players that New York and Utah has, I don't think any of those things would get them to offer both of their unprotected firsts. And I think at the end of the day, Danny Ainge either wants four unprotected firsts or he wanted, I think, I, I don't know this for a fact. I think he would have settled for three plus RJ. Um, I, I would hope so. Um, so that's why that's the difference. Um, I don't know if that, I hope that answered the question. I, I hope so too. Um, <laughs> Ryan Menzies, uh, if RJ got the max, then he and Donovan Mitchell couldn't both be on the Knicks on rookie max extensions, that's, right? That's not a, no, they could have. It. Yeah, they could. It's, it's like with Ben Simmons, you can't trade for two designated rookie max players. You can have one, you can trade for another. You can't trade for two of them. So the Knicks, if they were to trade for, like, say they just gave RJ the max, they could trade for Donovan Mitchell. They then can't also trade for Ben Simmons. Correct. Right. Yeah, this is an issue with the Cleveland thing because Cleveland already has Garland on the designated rookie max. So if they traded for Donovan Mitchell, um, they can't actually give Mobley the max. They, they couldn't give Mobley because you can't have three rookie max guys. You can't have you can't trade for more than one, and you can't have more than two on the team at the same time. That's the easiest way of putting it. Which is all, just. Very quickly, if the Knicks do get Donovan Mitchell and then they're looking for that second star, I mean, yeah, they'd probably have to wait a little bit to find the right guy. But if the guy they're bringing in is a designated rookie max player, then they wouldn't be able to do it until Donovan Mitchell's contract ends in 2025 anyway. So that's the other thing where if you're thinking of why are the Knicks trading picks and Don and all these things or to get Donovan Mitchell and blah, blah, blah. Well, they couldn't bring in a guy who's on that second contract that's a max before Don moves on to his third contract. So uh, there's is Brandon Ingram on a designated rookie max. Yeah. Yes. Just wondering. But when is he extension eligible to uh, I mean, if he makes all NBA, he could get the the I mean, there's there's but he has how many years left does he have on his deal? Two or three? Uh, Three. He'll be a free agent in 2025. Okay. Uh, Matt Smith again. Um, again, not the guy from Game of Dragons or House of the Dragon. Um, John, I'm shaking no, my head here. Uh, I'm no specialist in reading body language, picking up on hints, slash picking up on hints, but I'm getting the sense you really think that RJ is going to be a Laker. Dot, dot, dot. Every, look, everything that I know, you guys know. I'm not holding anything back. Um, I, I, well, Maybe holding a little bit back, but I I don't know anything else on on that front. Damn it, John, <laughs> you can't I, keep doing this. <laughs> no, I mean, look. I but here's the thing: if if I say it on here, it means I'm comfortable saying it on here. I hear a ton of shit, and including the day uh, last week, what was it? Where everybody was. Um, it seemed like it was coming from all kinds of places where like, oh, RJ was never on the table. This was all about making the deal look better for the Knicks all along. Yeah, I had about four different people reach out to me with that same shit. There's a reason you didn't hear it come out of my mouth because I didn't buy it. So I hear a lot of stuff. If I say it on here, it's because I believe it. Here's where I'm at on this. Do I think if the Knicks could get Donovan Mitchell for the package that I believe they offered the Jazz, which is RJ Barrett, two unprotected picks, three protected picks, do I think they would do it? Yes. Is that possibility still alive with a three-team Lakers deal? Yes. As a result, I can't... I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, that ship has sailed. RJ is going to be a Nick for the next four years because I, that I don't believe. I think there's a very high probability that he gets traded before the end of this contract. I have no idea to who or when, but you know, I, as Jeremy said himself at the beginning of the show, it's a contract that's like... It's a good contract. Jason M., um, shout out to Jason. Uh, up, Jason. Not a max contract. Add, add incentives and it's way less. Yeah, his... I mean, Bagley kind of pointed this out that it's all NBA and all-star. With the incentives, it's up to 120. It's, it's, but, it's still 26, 27 a year. Wherever, however you cut it. Whether it's ascending or descending. Well, I mean... Why are you again, shaking your Because it depends on the contract. We, we, like... It Julius can't be Randall. less than 26 because you can only have 15% un- unlikely. I'm aware. I'm just saying that the, the large number of four years, $120 million, it just looks very different. 
That's all. And with the rising cap, even if that's the number, it doesn't really, it doesn't move me. It's not, it's fine. Well, to, no, I know I you're think, not saying it's not fine. Yeah, no, to, to, I think the, the point is like, if it is, and again, Ian reported 27 a year, it could be as low as it's actually like 26.1. Um, four for 105 is very different than four for 120. Uh, at least sure. in terms of like how, how we, how we think about these things. So it's a, it's a good contract. But again, if, if you are operating above the cap with the Knicks, with which the Knicks are going to be doing, then the exact dollar amount yeah, that yes, like it's not, it's not because there's not an opportunity cost here. The real, yes. the biggest concern comes to if you're hitting the tax or the tax apron, the Knicks aren't likely to do that. They're not going to do that this year. Uh, they're unlikely to do it next year, but well, actually they, they could be, we'll get into that later. So they, that is a possibility, but it's a reduced possibility now because RJ has been extended. Yep. So SB gorilla. <laughs> Can we get Randall to the Hornets already? I was, while I was waiting to come on, I was trying to get a head start on tomorrow's newsletter and I was writing about the possibility of a Randall trade now, whether this makes it more likely, less likely, anything. We could spend a minute on this, by the way, if you want to talk about Randall trades. I mean, I, I don't know that I think it's any more or less likely. I definitely don't think a Randall trade is less likely today. I think if anything, it's more likely. And yet I'm sitting here and I'm wondering like, okay, how did this make a, a Randall trade materially more likely? I, I don't know if I have a great answer for that. Because I was already under the assumption that they've been trying to move them. So I, you know, I don't know. I think we're still waiting on the Donovan Mitchell domino. That's more, that's the right like, answer. Some with KD. We couldn't get to this until we figured out KD. It's a star driven league. We'll figure out Donovan Mitchell. Again, it, it seemed that the deadline for the Knicks and the Jazz that Leon Rose imposed was on R.J. Barrett, not on the Knicks and the Jazz having conversations about Donovan Mitchell. Until we see talks are dead, it, they've moved on, I think we're still in, in limbo, and we'll wait until then. <laughs> Even if we do see, see talks are dead, I will not believe talks are dead if Donovan Mitchell is traded to another team. There's been too much flirting. Just too much. I mean, Andy, I think it was it. Was it Andy Larson? Sexual tension, I guess is a better way of putting it. It's not really flirting. No, it's a sexual tension. A lot of it is. Heading. It is. Um, I think Andy, Andy Larson of the Salt Lake uh, Tribune tweeted, it was a few weeks ago, where he's like, I can't remember a trade with this much. Uh, you're, I'm not, this was not his word, but like flirting that didn't end up happening. Other than CP3, the Lakers 15 years ago, or whatever it was, which is kind of in its own weird category. Yeah. And I, I I know this isn't relevant to the trade discussions, but I think it is important. We also know that Donovan Mitchell is incredibly vocal and active about the community and about treatment of African-Americans, black people, and the situation that happened at BYU where a volleyball player was called the N-word and how that was addressed and how the athletic director came out and like couldn't even really say it was racist or like if you knew her, you would love her, which is ridiculous. just and how about the, the social media response on of Twitter course. from people yes. up and down being like, oh, what? Like, this isn't is not that bad or right. we're assume like just the com- that community. That's it's not what yeah. Donovan Mitchell wants to be. It's, it's, of course not. And, and he has been so vocal about it in the past. And so the reason I mentioned other than just being abhorrent is the fact that to me, it feels like, again, it's a driving factor. If he doesn't want to be there he can only control what he can control but it's another example of like i i just this isn't where i'm going to be this isn't what i want i want to be elsewhere i don't like this environment and moving along so it's not going to play a huge role i get it but to say it probably doesn't have an impact i think that'd be fine i man just real quick i am if this if he is a member of the jazz on media on jazz media day uh, i think it'll be at least worth watching his his availability like you know because the first question is going to be like hey your name's come up a lot like what do you what do you think about being a member of the jazz like what if he what if he sat up there and was like well i'm here i'm under contract and like that was the answer like what would that do would that do anything i don't it wouldn't help. Again, look at the Rockets. And that was just an ugly situation. I don't think he'll go quite that length, but I, you know, he could go similarly, which is just like, yeah, I'm I'm here. I'm on the team, as yeah. you're saying. Like, what do you want from me? I I, I can't control what's yeah. being discussed. 
I was just about to make the Steven Silas point. Like the Jazz also have a brand new head coach. You really don't want to undermine his first media day, his first training camp with this circus of will your best player still be here? And and does he want to still be here? Um, yeah, I I agree. Um, doing on a com- a competent front office. Who would have thought that was possible in New York? How do you get how now? How do, how do we, we get, rid get rid of redacted so we can sign Mello to back up Ovi? Thanks, fellas, for the morning drive content. Yeah. You're welcome, and hell yeah. Um, man, it's the same thing we've talked about. Like, what do you think is the most likely destination right now, Charlotte or Phoenix? I Charlotte, because one of these teams nothing. is uh, has done nothing this offseason. I mean, Suns haven't done a whole lot. Don't get me wrong. So they've both not done a ton. But one of these teams has uh, is missing a starting player that they didn't think they would be missing necessarily, and the other is uh, really good and has Devin Booker and Chris Paul, and just brought back DeAndre Ayton and has Mikael Bridges. So. My guess would be at Charlotte, especially because I've said before, I don't really want the Gordon Hayward contract unless it was more of a consolidation effort. That ship has now sailed. Why do you hate Gordon Hayward? Jesus Christ. Oh, well, I mean, there there are whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there are reasons. Yeah, there are reasons. But yeah, I forgot about so, that. Thank yeah. You. <laughs> yeah. So uh, again, I wouldn't love it. But if we're talking about fit, if we're talking about all these different aspects. He's of a fit it, in Utah. I know that. He is a fit in Utah. He's a fit in Charlotte. He's a fit in Boston. Uh, might be less of a fit in New York. Maybe. But uh, on the basketball court, he he makes more sense. <laughs> Lunis Amarat, <laughs> what's your interpretation on who leaked the Donovan Mitchell trade info to <clears throat> Woj Bagley in their reports uh, last night? And for what benefit? Feel like Shams comes with more today. I... I think that's a good question. Um, that's a good question. My guess would be it was, as Jeremy said, from all all sources. I certainly, I you could see there being incentive. I think from Ainge, right, to to leak this stuff um, because it, it puts it out there that RJ was on the table. Um, at the same time, you could argue that there's an incentive for Leon Rose to leak that he had RJ on the table and Ainge turned it down uh, because it certainly sends a signal. And you intimated this in our last podcast, Jeremy, so credit to you. It sends a signal around the league like, holy, like I'm not, we're not getting involved in these talks if this is what Ainge is turning down. Uh, so I don't know. I, I, I'm never great at reading this stuff. So I'll turn to you I, if you have any other thoughts. I'm, I think what happened is that there was wind of the extension because Bill Duffy went to Woj and, and it leaked for other people. Finally, you know, with Ian catching on too, of course, being there, uh, it just stating the case. And then Woj went to Ainge and said, all right, RJ's off the table, like getting his side of it and then coming forward with an article uh, like that. If there's one thing we have seen in the last six to eight months. I mean, you could go even further back, but especially the last six to eight months, it has been that the coverage of the Nets and the coverage of the Jazz when it comes to Woj reporting has been very one-sided. We have gotten one side of the story. Yeah. It feels like it rings true for this one too. I mean, even like if you even don't believe Woj or whatever, like go to Tim McMahon, go to Brian Windhorse. They have been very open about this. They have nothing really to gain here by going one way like they are two reporters who have just been forward about the information that they have at their disposal it has not been the coverage of that has not been anything near what we have seen from espn's uh, number one reporter yeah from sam l thank you kfs great pod so hyped that the ward curse is broken there hasn't been a new york nick pick since ewing to more fully embody what it means to be a nick a nick pick since Ewing. Um, is there no. any debate here? Yeah. That, yeah. I don't. No, I don't think so. I think no, this there is the right answer. This no. is, I, I'm this is the only answer. Think about this. I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, want, I will say this. For the most part, outside mm-hmm. of idiots like me, 
it has been nothing but love for RJ Barrett for three years. And at some point, especially now that his paycheck's a little bit larger, um, you know, he's going to, at some point he will continue, he will struggle because every athlete struggles from time to time. And I'm curious, you know, how he reacts when I'm not saying he's ever going to get Julius Randle treatment because I don't think he's ever going to do the things that we saw Julius Randle do last year. But, you know, I want to see how he, how he weathers some of the storms. And again, this is not an RJ thing. Derek Jeter got booed. Uh, everybody gets booed, you know, from time to time. So we'll, we'll see. I want to see how he reacts, but yeah, by and large, I think he does embody all of this. Ah, our friend, uh, is Donovan Mitchell a Nick today reporting in John Donovan Mitchell is still not a Nick. I look this forward the, to that tweet every morning. This is the confirmation I'm still waiting for. Yes. This now, is now we know. We'll actually yes. find out. Yes. Um, from Bernard Richardson, sad that RJ couldn't have his standalone moment with the extension. So happy for him. Right off the bat, Woj had to mention Mitchell. Uh, Jeremy, why, why do you, you know what? RJ? Oh, why do you hate RJ? How did you not know that? I. Uh, <laughs> it's early. That's why. <laughs> or late, um, depending on what yeah. the point is. Good comment, uh, Bernard. Noah Tesh. Um, Donovan Mitchell took oh took out Jazz from his Twitter bio. Apparently, he took out uh, Utah Jazz guard from his bio. Okay, it's, can't hurt, right? I guess, I guess. Not. I, I, if that's the, again, I what I didn't see his bio beforehand, so I'll take it from. That's the thing. Like people, Ob, I know there was concern. Or like there was like, oh my god, he, he took it out, and there were it just turned out there was a bio that he didn't have it in. I, I people can read however they want. Maybe this is accurate, and I'm not denying that. It's just. We're, he ain't, he ain't playing. We'll, the game. we find out, we'll find out. Sean Ford, today would be a fun day for Donovan Mitchell to demand a trade. Happy with RJ signing. Hope he's here for a long time. Stay strong, Leon. And, and like the fact that he hasn't, and I'm pretty sure we've said this. I'll say it if we haven't. Like he hasn't needed to demand a trade because the Knicks were doing, were making concerted efforts to get him. It's not like if Donovan Mitchell had demanded a trade a month and a half ago that Leon Rose would be would have. I, I personally don't think he would have been operating any differently, but. You know, who knows? It's not even that. It's it's that, and it's also the fact that the Jazz are showing that they're probably going to move him anyway. So yeah, that's the other thing. Like yeah. the Knicks want him, the Jazz want to move him. He'll let it go as he can. The only thing he can control is little things like I only want to be in New York, Miami, or Brooklyn. You, and we know two of those reasons don't really work based on the parameters. And other teams don't want to cough up a lot to know that there's a flight risk, as you've written about and you've talking about, John. So like, like he's doing the. He's like little finger, and that he's doing the, the the work he can do behind the scenes, but he's not overexerting his influence in uh, a public way. And it benefits. <laughs> I love you, Andrew. And it I benefits. Love, I love it. I love it. The and it benefits finger. both parties because by Donovan Mitchell not coming out and demanding a trade, he looks better because he mm -hmm. still he comes off clean, and it also helps Danny Ainge because. Donovan Mitchell hasn't demanded a trade, and there's no overt pressure for him to make a deal. So I actually wouldn't expect anything. And I, and despite what I said before, I'd be surprised if he approached media day as I suggested he could. I think it's more like, yeah, you know, it's a business. You're, you expect anything. I'm here in Utah. I'm going to continue to play my hardest for the Jazz. I think it's going to be something like that. But from D Zilla, and this is our, as of right now, we're caught up on super chats. RJ. Star, star, RJ, star, emoji, star, emoji. I okay. wholeheartedly agree. I think this would be a fun place to wrap from Kurt Valenti. Awesome pod, guys. Let's get everyone's opening night roster. Mine is Brunson, Mitchell, RJ, OB, Mitch as the starters. And on the bench, Rose, quickly, Hayward, Mello, and Hartenstein. What do you, what you guys got? Go Knicks. I mean, I, I would enjoy watching this team, whether it, happens or not is a different story so for whatever it's worth it seems that the outgoing is cam i don't even Fournier, know if the, i'm trying to figure out cam grimes randall right right randall yeah that, yeah that could work and then you do fournier for, or then you do randall for hayward yeah yeah that could, that could work um john do you want to go first no um okay. <laughs> <laughs> no i Okay, do I think Donovan Mitchell will still be a Nick and do I think RJ Barrett is actually going to get traded to the Lakers? No, I don't think so. Um Yes, I you're do saying think for that right. You're saying not for that one action. You're using two yeah, different I think I think Brunson Mitchell Man, where's he getting that other fucking pick? 
Man, I uh, Brunson, Mitchell, RJ, OB. No, yeah, man. Okay, sorry. Brunson, Mitchell, RJ. I can't believe that's a Randall, Mitch. It's gonna be a rugby match. Rose, everybody. Sorry. Fighting over the ball. <laughs> right. I don't. I, can you tell how much I don't I know, want to I say the word? I want to watch that team. <laughs> uh, Ro- the, the question is not what I want. The question is what do I, I know what which do thing I will happen. Yes. Uh, uh, Rose quickly. Uh, Cam. Uh, Mellow. Hartenstein. Yeah. Okay. Jeremy. Yeah. I, I even listening to John, it's it's really tough. because uh, again, I think you could make an argument for Hayward for Randall just even straight up. Yeah. Just based on I mean, well though, you need a little bit of salary and whatnot. So uh right. Last time I checked, you can't just do Randall for Hayward straight up. There has to be something. Or does that work? Oh yeah, because it's the outgoing, the outgoing for that. New York is too low. So it's Randall and Deuce. Right. So I mean, yeah, like, sure. I'm, I'm, I'll cop out and be like, and take Kurt. Sure, let's go with, with what not, you're saying. I, I don't, yeah. I don't think it's, it's nuts, so to speak. But it's not nuts. I, I think there's the one thing where if it's not, if Cam's not involved in a trade and you're moving pieces, then Obi's probably gone. And if Obi's gone, are you also moving Randall? And if not, okay, like just all sorts of parameters. Which I know is just again a cop out, but uh, I, I like, just, I like yeah. what Kurt had to say. So I'll, I'll go with that. The fucking Lakers, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just, like, there has to be a way to. Well, they there is. It's, it's LeBron James being on their team and he signed an extension and him saying to Jeannie, I don't care about your future. I never care about the futures of the teams I'm on because you have me in the present and the next couple of years. So if you want to build around me, then let's do it. But if not, and I, that's why I don't, I, they're going to give up one of those first round picks. It's just a question of, do they trade the second pick? Do they trade the second pick with protections? Are they because they're going to want shooters around LeBron James? It makes a lot of sense. Like Evan Fournier makes a ton of sense around LeBron. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bogdanovich makes sense around LeBron. Cam Reddish makes some sense around LeBron. Like as a bench role, he does. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, you know, I'm going to amend the last answer slightly. No Cam. Cam. Cam's gone. Oh. I, I totally forgot. That, didn't realize that. He, why do you, John treated Cam Reddish? There you go. Yeah. Okay. Drink um, Manny Campos. Last one for real this time. Just want to pour one out for Charlie Ward. Good Nick, but his name probably won't ever be brought up in a basketball context ever again. That's um, not. That is. Uh, let me let me stand up for my man Charlie Ward. I forget where exactly I had him in my all time top seventy five Knicks ranking. Book. I, if you if you want to look it up, I you feel free to. It was. I want to say it was in the 30s, maybe. Um, the Knicks have been a uh, <laughs> wearing a Knicks uniform has been something of a transient proposition for the majority of their 75 years of existence. And Charlie Ward, say what you want about him, he was here for a long time, and he was at least respectable. And he always helped the Knicks be respectable. And I don't think it's a complete accident that when he went on his merry way is I'm not saying it's a direct correlation. Let me just be very clear about that. But um, Charlie Ward never did anything but make it, make you proud to be an X fan. So shout out to Charlie Ward. I'm agreed. I think we can make it a mission of our show to bring him up in other contexts that, so he isn't just forgotten and uh, that I'm not, gonna put why the last 20 years were the way they were on him instead of the sale Start, of the team to one James Dolan. <laughs> starting starting point guard on the finals team. That's all you need to say. Yeah. Starting yeah. point guard on the finals team. Um, one last one that just came in from Busy. Um, I feel like now that RJ off the table, Obi is now will be traded. So I feel like now that RJ is off the table, I feel like Obi will be traded. I don't think one has to do with the other. The, I uh I, mm. I've here's you want to know something I've never bought. I've never bought that. Oh, like 
I've never bought that Obi is going to. It's like a linchpin of this thing. Um, I just I can't see the Jazz valuing him enough to make it such that he is a linchpin in this trade. That said, he's, he's a he's a good prospect who also helps with salary filler if you need to get there because you have five five point three million is is not nothing. It's twice as much, more than twice as much as Grimes. It's more than twice as much as quickly. That matters when you're getting into the math of it, especially if it's Fournier going out and not Derek Rose, which it sure seems like that's the way we're headed. But enough about those weeds. Uh Andrew, you wanna take us out? Or I'll take us out, whatever. Yeah, I pointed to you. Take us home, John. Uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, this was a lot of fun. I was happy we got to get into this. I, it's it, Again, it's a day to be happy. It's a day to celebrate. It's a day to rightly praise the front office. It's a day to rightly praise RJ Barrett. Um, and although uh, all family business is not settled quite yet, um, you know, this was a good thing. This was a good thing, no matter what your feelings on you know, on RJ or Leon or anything else, you should be happy that they got this done today. So, and I'm happy we could share it with you guys. So thanks for watching us uh, and getting up and sharing your morning with us. And on that note, we will be back with you very soon. 